Hey, welcome to Urban Planning is Not Boring. I'm Sam. And I'm Nat. Okay, so welcome back to Urban Planning is Not Boring. Um, This week, we have a very exciting guest joining us on the show. We have Liz Pino who is a community engagement specialist and a planning commissioner for the city of Torrance, who we connected with a little bit ago. And we're so excited to have her on the show to kind of talk about her role as a planning commissioner and some of her community engagement and activism work that she has done um, in Torrance and in LA. So I guess to kind of jump in, we'd love to hear, Liz, a little bit about your story and kind of what has led you to pursue your role in community engagement? Thank you. Thank you so much. And like I said, I'm really excited uh, to be here today with you. Um, a bit about my story. Oh my God, there's so much to unpack <laughs> about me. Uh, be, because I mean, let's see, I was born and raised in Cali, Colombia. And as many of you might know, the 90s was a crazy, crazy time for my country. I grew up during that, you know, crazy Pablo Escobar era where many things were happening. I, I saw things that, you know, I always saw people, no child should have to go through those that, you know, to that because it was, it was, it was really difficult for me. But because of that experience, I truly believe that that is what led me to this passion for local uh, service, for, for public service, and, and just to always be involved in the community. I always felt like there's so much we can do. There's so mm-hmm. much, in, even though I'm one person, there's many people like me. And when we come together as a community, that's when we see change, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one, I'm someone that is always looking for ways in which I can just give back to the community. So that's mm-hmm. what I pretty much do. What else amazing. would you like to know from me? Um, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I think it would be helpful to kind of have a little bit of um, background on maybe just like your educational background and kind of um, your current and past roles that have kind of shaped the path of your career, I guess, if if you're comfortable sharing that. Yes, of course. So I have a bachelor's degree in political science, and I also have a master's degree in public administration with an emphasis in nonprofit. Uh, During my uh, freshman year in college, I interned at City Hall with Los Angeles Council Member Greg Smith, and that's where my love for public service kind of evolved. I, I, I just remember at that time I was thinking, maybe I'll go to law school, even though I'm not a really good, I'm not really good at uh, writing essays. I was like, <laughs> law school, that's my thing. But then after, you know, spending a few months at City Hall, it was like, this is it. Every day I feel like I am where I'm supposed to be. So loved every second of it. That's amazing. And then, and then after that, um, I got married and then had two little ones. And I feel like a switch went off at that moment. And I said, okay, you know what? Now it's time for me to to be home with my two little ones because I'm Mm -hmm. always thinking about serving the community. But at this Mm -hmm. moment, the best I can do is to mold and help and shape Mm -hmm. and be there for two human beings later on 
will go on into the mm -hmm. world and do something, you know? So this is important as well. Being a mother is important, you know? And I'm all about, you know, getting the degree, doing the local service and all that. But being a mother is also, also important and in a way that we can also shape, you know, the city and our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I really love that. And I think it is really important that you take kind of the time to, I guess, like fill your own cup and like help other people around you and make sure that you feel like you are able to take that time. And then that helps you then to help more people because you have kind of taken the time that you need to maybe step away and focus on being a mom and then come back full force. Um, once you, you know, have kind of had the time that you need. So thanks for sharing that. That was amazing. Yeah. And in, in the coming back, it's not as easy as you might think, but that yeah. is a conversation <laughs> from another episode about yeah. you know, what it is to be a mother and yeah. a professional nowadays. But yeah. because I don't want to take it that route, actually <laughs> about that, we can have a conversation about that. Maybe we should stay with, you know, with the planning commissioner and what mm -hmm. it is and all that, if you want to just um, reroute the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, we can definitely open the door to to more conversations in the future. But yeah, I think for this, um, for this episode, it'd be great to focus on, you know, kind of what really is a planning commissioner. I feel like that's not something that, at least in my program, we're really, we really talk about at all. Um, we talk a lot about, you know, private sector versus public sector and nonprofit, but not really like what that is. So I guess from your perspective and from your experience, how would you kind of define like what is a planning commissioner? And we'll dive into more specifics. Um, or I guess along with that, like the main roles and responsibilities of being a planning commissioner would well, be great. Yeah, sounds great. Well, let me just see. Let, let's start first with the fact that a state commission is mm -hmm. a form of local government in which individuals are appointed or mm -hmm. elected. It just, it really depends mm -hmm. to serve on a small governing board called a mm -hmm. commission. And each commission is responsible for at least one specific aspect or department, such as the Civil Service Commission, the Airport Commission, the Environmental Commission. Uh, now, in the case of the Planning Commission, the Planning Commission is a quasi-judicial commission, okay. and the fundamental purpose of a quasi-judicial hearing is to provide all parties a due process mm -hmm. and an opportunity to be heard. Mm -hmm. uh, we make decisions on how all land in the city will be used, mm -hmm. and we ensure, and I think this is really important for us, we ensure the city has utterly and responsibly, responsible growth. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Um, anytime there is a new project, let's say a mixed-use development, a mall, um, something that is really big, Mm -hmm. uh, it might come through the planning commission for our approval. So that's why we're mm -hmm. quasi-judicial. Unlike okay. other commissions, we make decisions and our decisions are final unless mm -hmm. um, they take it to the city council. So they're, they're on okay. top of us. So we are below the city council and the mayor, okay. but we make those decisions. Um, okay. Any controversial decision comes to us as well as mm -hmm. you mentioned the gun shop which we had that in you know many people can can go online and find that information unfortunately right now uh because as an ongo ongoing 
think that it is, mm-hmm. is, is happening. So yeah. we'll, we can come back to that later on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, our one zones, you know, that's, they also come before us. We make decisions on, you know, if a person, especially because Torrance has a very special area, the hillside and the beach, we okay. have a nice view. So with those people that have a nice view, you know, gets complicated you know can yeah. you block the view what can you do mm-hmm. um so the hillside area it's very particular for us so we make decisions on that too um mm-hmm. there are just many things that we can do um that is under our jurisdiction and that because of that i have learned so so much and i'm passionate about it and we can go into many other details uh, that you would like to know just just let me know what you want to know about what we do yeah so i'm curious so you said that is appointed or elected um like based on i guess the city or the county right for us City of Torrance and most cities around here, we are appointed. So the mayor and the city council gets to decide. So um, most commissioners, they start at a different commission. And then the planning commission and the civil service commission, because they're quasi judicial, um, you know, we tend to go for like for that one after. And then there's a lot, you know, we our, our meetings can go past midnight one in the morning so it the commitment is pretty big as well especially Torrance because Torrance is a charter city it's uh we we have we are we make a lot of decisions we are fully functional let's say you know we provide different services Mm -hmm. so that's why we have uh, a big planning commission right now for planning department yeah, I was going to ask about kind of like the time commitment that you have um, and like if it's a paid position, because if I'm not mistaken, most commissioners have other roles that are uh, like maybe like a nine to five more traditional role. And then the planning commission meetings would be in the evening. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Um, I do have another job and then the planning commission, our meetings are Every other Wednesdays from okay. 6 30, 10, 11, <laughs> 12, 1, yeah. 1 is the max, but it can, you know, but yeah, for the most part, this is not a full time job, um, yeah. but it does require a lot of research and mm-hmm. a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, many, many important skills. Mm-hmm. Also, I, and I think, you know, and I, this is what I bring to the commission empathy and what it, their mm-hmm. so called soft skills. Mm-hmm. Right now, I am the only woman, the only mother, the only Latina on the commission. And that's why wow. it's important representation, especially yeah. because when it comes to land use mm-hmm. and the code is very subjective. Mm-hmm. So I do have six other commissions with me, which mm-hmm. I believe are incredible and they do a fantastic job and they're very good at what they do, but they don't understand what it is to be a woman. They don't understand what it is to be a mother. They don't understand what it is to be, uh, you know, someone in, in, a, in a vulnerable um, situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, my role there kind of, it's kind of different than most in which I use those lenses. I use the lenses of, okay, well, you want to build a very beautiful mall, here on Hawthorne Boulevard, look, everything looks great. They all think it's great, but I go, wait, wait a second. I think you might need a little bit more lighting because as a mom, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll feel safe going there. You know, yeah. so those are the kind of things that I make sure. I want to be very inclusive. I want to, you know, um, 
that I want our city to to represent the values of the people that live here and that takes into account everyone that lives here. So that's that's why I do what I do. That's amazing. Yeah, I think we talk a lot in my program about how planning has, you know, historically been like a very male dominated, white male dominated field and how we're we need obviously like a wide range and diversity of voices and experiences, especially lived experiences in the field, because one person's experience, you know, walking around at 7 p.m., especially in the winter when it gets dark, is not the same as another person's. And so it is really amazing to hear that you are, you know, kind of providing that lens as the only woman and the only mother and the only, you know, it's really amazing what you're doing. And I just want to thank you for your service. Of course. And, you know, I, I recently I heard, I heard something surprising mm-hmm. at one of our hearings is that girls were much less likely to use parks after age nine, while mm-hmm. boys continue using them into their teens. Um, boys researcher found uh, they dominated park areas like the basketball, mm-hmm. the playground equipment, and girls might pass through, but they don't stay to play. They don't stop. They don't stop Mm -hmm. to play. So again, when planning a city from a gender Mm -hmm. equity or equality perspective, it's important to identify and consider all physical, cultural, and social barriers that can potentially make it difficult for the implementation of an inclusive Mm -hmm. place. And that's what I'm all about. We just want to be very inclusive to everyone, that everyone feels that it belongs to them, right? And that's what I tell people about, you know, we take care of the things that we believe it belongs to us. That's why Mm -hmm. at home, we clean it. You know, we we see trash on the floor, floor, we we pick it up. Mm -hmm. We don't really do that with with our city. We see Mm -hmm. trash on the street and we're like, ah, let's let the city do it. No, make it part of yours. And that's what it means to care about your city and to believe that it's yours because at the end of the day it is yours yeah you pay, you pay taxes but it's yeah. yours the park is yours you know uh-huh. every every walkway that you go through is yours and learn about the city once you learn more about how everything works you're like you appreciate it more and mm-hmm. i just truly feel that this city the city turns is mine in many many ways because i every day i'm learning so it's mine mm-hmm. you know and it's yeah. yours too if you want to and if you want to <laughs> make it even more yours get involved. And that's what yeah. I tell people, get involved. Yeah. On that note, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit of how you ended up in this role of planning commissioner. Obviously it's like you said, appointed. So you had to have been, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, like noticed by the mayor in some sense. So do you have any insight on like how you kind of landed in this role? Um. Hmm. It was a series of events. Uh, it started <laughs> with me going to different meetings, you know, going to the city council meeting. You'll find me there as a mother. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, just, I just find it fascinating. Just same as urban planning. It's just to me, it's fascinating. Then I will go to different meetings, you know, around the city. And then I got to know one of our council members who I just admire him so much. He would tell me, he's like, why are you always here? <laughs> And I said, because I really care and I like it. And, you know, I started political science and, and, and public administration. To me, this, yeah. is, this is what I love and I'm passionate about. It. He would say, you should join a commission. I'm going to appoint you. I'm going to appoint you. And I was like, what? What is it? So I learned a bit about that. So I started first. I was appointed to the Cultural Arts Commission. Okay. Um, 
I spent about two years. And then when there was an open seat on the planning commission, I was like, this is my time. <laughs> there were other 12 people. And surprisingly, I got appointed. And it's been almost three years, I think. It's been almost three years. And then you get a four-year appointment for the most part. Sometimes you do feel a, a vacant seat. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, it's a four-year appointment. And then you okay. can do it again for another four years. Mm -hmm. and that's it then you can go to a different commission or you can run for mayor for city council and then you keep going you keep going up if that's what your heart desires okay so you're in your third year of a four-year appointment correct and this is your first i guess term on on the planning commission on the planning commission mm -hmm. yes okay awesome um and you kind of have touched on this a little bit but I'd love to know kind of your, the like best parts of being a, a commissioner and kind of the, the parts that do get a little bit tricky and that might not, um, obviously like the meetings go late and I'm sure that there's a lot of um, people who butt heads a little bit. So kind of the parts of being a commissioner that do get a little tough or they get a little draining. Um, so like those two different sides of it. Um. I will say that the best part is when you drive around your city and you get to see some of the things you approve, mm -hmm. you know, coming into fruition, you know, yeah. you see it there like, oh my God, a year ago, we approved this project and there it is. And mm -hmm. there's that light. There is that light. I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, many, many different details that I just sometimes um, ask the developers uh, to again make it more inclusive that would definitely be the best part the, yeah. and again uh, just being knowing that you're part of something you know mm -hmm. it's just such an honor to know that you're shaping your city that you're 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 shaping um and that you're making decisions on how all land in the city will be used yeah and and i'm i'm even more honored to be around really really incredible smart people because uh mm -hmm. the the community development department has very good people in there so that's mm -hmm. that's one of the great things of you know going into the meeting going also you know going into public hearings yeah. you see so many people that come and just um are part of the project mm -hmm. I, I love that i love when i have high school students they're very very passionate you know letting them know why they feel that this is a good project or not a good project so yeah that's definitely you know civic engagement right there just yeah. love that. difficult part is you know you, there's no way you can please 180,000 residents, you know, yeah. you're always going to have yeah. someone who disagrees with you and, and, and will hate you as a result. Cause I got to yeah. try my best. And I yeah. always, always think not what Liz Pino needs is what the community needs, you know, mm -hmm. is this, is this good for the community? And sometimes regardless, regardless of my personal belief, yeah. it can be that it's at odds with what the, the city needs at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm also one that I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always mm -hmm. thinking I'm planning for the future where mm -hmm. most people are just staying in the same ways or believe where yeah. are going to be here forever. I'm like, no. Do we need that much parking? Do we mm -hmm. need that one right there? You know, I'm always asking those questions. Also, because I was born and raised in Colombia, I grew up in a different country mm -hmm. and I saw things in a different way. So many mm -hmm. times I'm asking questions that other people look at me like, huh? And it's because it, this is not familiar with me. 
For most people, it's like, oh, this is the way it is, you know? This yeah. is the way it is. R1 sounds, this is, really? Do we really need that? Yeah. Um, so so it's really interesting to see how my question sometimes um, just raise some eyebrows. Yeah. And my opinions at the same time, you know, thinking of we need more walkable streets, we need, we need less parking or things like that. But these are my opinions. These are my mm-hmm. personal opinions. Um, but at the end of the day, it's what the city needs, you know? So that's yeah. why sometimes there are odds. So, so I need to take a step back and say, this is what the city needs. Yeah. And I think that that is st- like those biases that people hold and like their opinions and kind of how it will impact their personal life, I feel like can very well get in the way of kind of what the community needs. And I feel like as planners, we talk about that a lot in terms of we need more community input. We need more community engagement and partnership with the community to see like how we can help them like get to where they want to be and not how can we take over and kind of, okay, we think that this is what you need. So we're going to do that. And we don't really care what you think because we're the experts and kind of realizing that someone's lived experience, like you were saying, you have a very different lived experience growing up in a different country and bringing those experiences and saying well do we need this like is this what's going to ultimately be best for the community and then hearing all the input I think it's just so fascinating because I I've never lived anywhere but California so I feel very like I was in a I'm in a bubble I don't know what it's like living anywhere else and so hearing that's really really interesting that you're able to kind of bring those experiences in and and question the world around you and kind of provide a little bit of a different perspective you know exactly and you know what this is why urban planning is not boring <laughs> right exactly yeah. this is why it is yeah. fascinating it is yeah. fascinating to just to learn to see how the city works and to hear all this perspective and and everyone else who makes you know who 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 helps you in the process. And, and also one of the things I love to do is I love to go to different cities mm-hmm. or a different county. You drive down the 405 and we, you know, I live in the South Bay or yeah. USC. You yeah. drive down this, uh, the 405, you go south. And right when you enter Orange County, the freeway gets two extra lanes. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's part of, that's because of urban planning. Mm-hmm. It is by design, you know, it is the, mm-hmm. the way, it is, you know. Then you come here to Torrance and you go by the beach and there is just like, not much happening, but then you move to Hermosa or Manhattan and you see that because of the community inputs, because of the, the commissioners, the city council mm-hmm. and, and who was there before us, it looks the way it does, you know? So mm-hmm. it's always, for me, it's fascinating to learn and, and to know that it's not boring. We, yeah. we go to downtown LA and now we see these massive um, buildings in the middle of downtown LA and then I do remember when I was there a few years ago um, you know and they were talking about the revitalization of downtown LA and how the mayor uh, Villaraigosa at the time wanted to wanted downtown LA to be just like New York to mm-hmm. see it happening many many years later because you know downtown LA is now the place to be it was not the case 10 years ago so every every community brings a different flavor you know, to, to the development. Of Absolutely. Yeah. And I think to, to pivot the conversation a little bit, um, I would love to dive a little bit more into your background and kind of activism and particularly 
in um, helping to form Moms Against Racism. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned that it was this, this forming of this group was in response to LA's like dark history, um, particularly with like racism and classism and, you know, all of these problems that we, that we've had and that we still continue to face. Um, but were there certain specific catalysts that inspired you and other mothers to kind of form this group when you did? Oh boy, that was that was such an interesting, interesting time for us. It was mm-hmm. back in April of 2020. And I was part of a mom's group here in the South Bay. And a lot of things were happening here in California and all over, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the moms were trying to post things on social media, Facebook in that Facebook group about what mm-hmm. was happening, and they were being blocked. And one of the moms said, oh, why? You know, and yeah. they're like, well, we don't want politics here. No politics, but mm-hmm. someone else. Will. But everything is political. You know, when yeah. you think about it, everything is political. Mm-hmm. You know, your rent, your house, your, everything has to do with politics. Yeah. Um, but in that group, and that's what they believe, they might respect it. But one of the moms said, you know what? Whoever wants to come with me and form a group where we can talk about these issues that are important, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yes, changing diapers is important and learning about because being a new mom, you know, mm-hmm. that's this challenge. But yeah. if you want to do more and if you want to have those conversations, let's move to another place. Definitely this is not the place for us. Okay. Yeah. So that's why we created a Facebook group. It was called Arms Moms Against Racism. And we would meet every every week. Yes, every week on Zoom. And well, seven of those women who joined the group, incredible women, attorneys, doctors, you know, from the marketing department, every, everyone there was just amazing. We were just during lockdown having conversations every week. Well, let's do something different. What's happening in the South Bay? Mm-hmm. And one of them who now is a dear friend of mine, I admire her so much. Um, Adam Moore said one night, she's like, do you guys know about, you know, what happened many, many, many years ago in Manhattan Beach, you know, that's why there was a park there, the Bruce Park, and mm-hmm. and we learned about that, and we were shocked, because most of mm-hmm. us didn't know, and some yeah. of them are, like, natives, you know, South Bay natives, not yeah. me, but some of them, and they're like, what? what? Wait a second, we had no idea. So, as this group of moms, of seven moms, we decided, you know, let's, let's protest, Let's have a protest on Juneteenth, which is coming up. Let's go to the Mm -hmm. park and raise awareness because people need to know that. We didn't know about this. Let's raise awareness. And we went to the park with our little ones and many, many uh, news channels and and newspapers follow. And from there, it it kind of like, it just took off. It just became... Na- you know it became national news and mm-hmm. it was incredible to see what was happening now mm-hmm. someone from our group Kavan felt very passionate about that and just mm-hmm. she kind of took the project and went with it mm-hmm. the Bruce's family heard about it you know heard what we were doing mm-hmm. thank us but said you know what we'll take it from here yeah now recently you know the land they they, they received their land back it, yeah, my part in there was very very small, but it is an example of you can do so much if you yeah. really care about your communities. You know, which all we did was raise awareness. One one person from our group kind of you know took the lead, 
-hmm. And then the family went, and, and it was not easy. I'm just telling you a story in two minutes, but there were many uh, blocks on the way. Yeah. But it is for sure a, a good example of committed citizens can and will make a difference if your heart and intention is there. You can make changes in the community. And I see it over and over. This is why I'm so passionate about public service. You know, mm -hmm. this, this is why I'm a public servant, because I know that you can make a difference. And what I love about local government is that you can see it more. You yeah. know, once you start going up, it just kind of gets blurred. But, you yeah. know, doing it at this local level, like I do, um, you can see it. So I encourage you and anyone who wants to join a commission or run for something to do it because there's yeah. so many things that we can do. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't realize that this group kind of started off as a kind of a, a Facebook, just like casual, let's let's be moms and get together and talk about things. And then it kind of took off into this this platform that you that you can use now that's really that's really amazing and it's kind of funny because I yeah I'm not from LA I'm from the Bay Area but once I I started my program at USC in August of 2021 and Bruce's Bruce Beach Bruce's Beach was like a huge part of the conversation that we were having um just because it was like happening then and there's you know all the protests and land back and I didn't know if it was actually going to happen right. when it first started being reported on. I was like, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. Like Manhattan beach has a pretty dark history with that. And I just wasn't sure. And it was really amazing to see it eventually happened. And it's really like, I feel very inspired hearing you talk about kind of the, the, you said it was a small part. I, I think you're being humble. I think that was a really incredible action that you did. And just to bring awareness. And I think, especially in COVID, it's been really hard being remote and kind of still wanting to have an impact and just feeling like, I don't know, I feel like in-person is so much more impactful, but with the lockdowns, it was, you know, harder to kind of get out and do those things. So it's really inspiring that you were able to do that despite right. like COVID too. Right, right. And again, you can all make little changes in the lives of people every single day and we have to share it and appreciate those you know whether it is a light or whether it is you know a big project like the bruce's beach to me they they all mean something they all do sometimes you know when it comes to um a, a light in an in, in, in intersection Mm -hmm. where there we are debating whether it should be 11 seconds or 12 seconds or 13 you know mm -hmm. to me that's important because I think about again moms you know mm -hmm. we need those two extra seconds because we have a kid in one hand and a mm -hmm. stroller the other one or an older adult who might need those extra two seconds those yeah. little things are important to you and I know it's it sounds good when we are making this big impact in the world. Yeah. We all want to make the big one, but it's the smallest one that can also change someone's life. And just one yeah. person, just maybe I save one person by making that distinction between the 11 seconds and the 13 seconds, and maybe yeah. that saves someone's life. That's yeah. important too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I always think about that exact scenario because um, where I, I have like a parking spot at USC for when I have night classes, um, and there's a crosswalk and it is so 
short. And I can make a cross because I'm fast walking. I'm young. I can do it. But I think about if my grandmother was trying to cross the street in the amount of time that they she's not going to make it. Exactly. She's going to have to stop at the median halfway, wait, and then keep going. And it's just crazy that that it that's, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like what can I do? But I feel like after talking to him, like I could go to the council yes. or the commission yes. and say, this yes. light is too short. Well, you can write a letter to them, you know, yeah. if it's not possible to, for you to go in person, you can definitely write a letter to the city council or to the planning commission mm -hmm. um, or to the public sa safety department or yeah. to all of them. I will send it to all of them and let them know why this is not working for some individuals. You know, you yeah. can make it, but others don't. I mean, in this way, I'm a commissioner because I know I can do those things, but anyone can do it. Anyone yeah. can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, starting to kind of wrap it up, I know that you mentioned, you know, you can write a letter, you can go to the meetings, but for people who, you know, want to get involved and maybe they just don't feel like they have time or they're a little bit intimidated, do you have kind of like tips or tricks that, um, might make it a little bit more like easier for someone who's really busy or just might be intimidated to kind of be involved in different capacities, whether it's just attending meetings or writing letters or whatnot. Right. Um, I'll say first start going to different meetings and, and find because you need to connect your 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 passion with your purpose, with your yeah. talents and, and know what you're good at and then go for there. For me, even though I don't have a background in urban planning, I, you know, have one in political science and I love, you know, just getting involved. But at first it was hard. I have to say, that's why I love your podcast. Please <laughs> keep, keep teaching me more things because I'm still learning. Even though this is my third year, I'm mm -hmm. still learning. Mm -hmm. But if you're passionate about it, you can definitely, definitely, you know, join any commission and, and pick the one that you feel you're more aligned with, you know, yeah. whether it is, you know, environmental commission because you care about the world or mm -hmm. whether it is the airport commission because, you know, the noise they make around our city, you know, can make an impact on other people. So you can make yeah. changes there or the social service commission because you want to help with the unhoused people right now, you know, and, yeah. and find ways in which you can um, solve that wicked problem or there's so many commissions that you can be part of and, and some that there's less commitment. Mm -hmm. um, the two commissions that you know require the most commitments are the civil service and the planning commission. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other commissions that you would definitely, you know, it's they're they're very easy and you can start there. And then again, if you love it, if you love it. Um, you can you can just then run for something and and we yeah. need more women right we mm -hmm. need more women we need women representing us we need women to understand the struggle that yeah. you know it's not just nine to five mm -hmm. that our job continues as you know when we go home and we cook and we put the kids to bed and mm -hmm. also that you know we're responsible for those kids we're responsible yeah. you know we, we later on will give them to the world and and, yeah. and it's also a legacy so yeah. so definitely there's just there's so much we can do yeah as someone who takes transit to work and since it's been getting darker earlier definitely my commute back I it has opened my eyes to just I was definitely a little bit scared I'm not gonna lie about taking the train you know at 6 6 30 at night and not getting home till 7 or 7 30 um and so I think 
like you said, having people that have these different and varied lived experience is just so, so important. And I think we do totally need more of that just because everyone's experience is different, but particularly I feel like people who have been marginalized or, you know, women or just, um, yeah, these, these groups of people that have just been historically underrepresented in, in local government. So yeah, thank you so much for what, for your service to your community. And thank you for coming on this podcast. It was really incredible to have you and to speak with you. And I think, you know, people are going to get a lot out of this, hopefully, and we would love to keep communication open to continue this conversation about, you know, being a mother and being a woman and just trying to do everything that we can to make it through the day and, and raise, I'm not a mother, but maybe one day. So we'd love to have that conversation. With yes. You. Yes, yes, that's a really important conversation. I wrote an article about the maternal wall, so we can mm. definitely explore that later on. But I'm here. Feel free to reach out and, you know, I'll be listening to every episode. <laughs> I love them. I'm on social media, so you can find me on Instagram or you yeah. can send me an email, but I'm here. Really yeah. excited, guys. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you so much. And we will, we will stay in touch. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Urban Planning is Not Boring. If you did, please remember to send us to your friends and follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember guys, urban planning is not boring. No, it is not. <laughs>